Hey everyone, and welcome to the first Crypto Chats of 2022. Woo! Uh, so weird. I know we're like halfway through January at this point, so I'm a little bit late, but that's okay. I think, um, I don't think it really matters that much. Um, before we get into today's episode, I do want to do a brief recap of the year 2021, kind of get a chance to talk about some of the cool things that I got to see and experience um, in the cryptid world. Um, so if you guys don't mind, we're going to jump into that real quick. So first of all, back in May, I got the opportunity to go to Frederick, Maryland um, to kind of take part in the Snallygaster whiskey tasting event um, that was held at Dragon Distillery with my dear friend Sarah Cooper of the American Snallygaster Museum. Um, she is one of my absolute best friends and um, that was our first time getting to meet each other in person which was really cool. Um, so that opportunity was awesome. This distillery is really really cool. Um, it's like medieval themed um, so there's dragons everywhere. Um, hence dragon distillery, um, but there's also like axe throwing, which I learned I'm pretty good at axe throwing, um, and it was just a really cool experience to get to go try this Snallygaster whiskey and and be at this event that was you know cryptids everywhere and very Snallygaster based, um, so that was really awesome. Um, and then fast forward a little bit, uh, we had Cryptid Bash in. Morgantown, West Virginia in August. Um, that is the event that was put on by the Moth Boys. Uh, easily one of the best events I have ever been to in my life um, in the general, you know, of all the events I've ever been to, like that was easily one of the best ones. Uh, it was really cool getting a chance to meet all of my online cryptid friends uh, for the most part, just about everybody. Um, but then also getting to take part in this really, really cool, very busy event um, that was like all sorts of different kinds of people, um, you know, all different ages, just coming together to enjoy cryptids, um, which is everything to me. It was really cool. Um, I'm very excited for the 2022 Cryptid Bash. I know it's going to be really, really awesome. Um, and then I got to go to Braxty Bazaar, uh, hosted by the Flatwoods Monster Museum in Sutton, West Virginia. That event was so much fun. Um, it was a little smaller than uh, a Cryptid Bash, but um, it was a really good opportunity for me to um, get to know some of the, the people that I, um, you know, have been friends with for a while who I maybe just met for the first time at Cryptid Bash. Um, and it was really fun. I enjoyed it a lot. It, it was, you know, a little bit smaller. So, you know, it was a, a good chance to talk to some of the people who are local to that area. Um, I did my very first public speaking thing. Uh, I hated it. I was not good at it. <laughs> um, believe it or not, as much as I love to talk, public speaking makes me so nervous. Um, so that part of it, I was not thrilled about, but I did it. So that's, you know, kind of what really matters is um, stepped out of my comfort zone for a moment. Um, and there were a lot of other cool speakers there that were really cool to watch. And um, all in all, it was just like a really, really neat event. Um, and then I also got to go to CryptidCon in Lexington, Kentucky um, this November, this past November. Um, that was really cool. It was a huge event, two days, um, biggest event I've ever done, uh, just in general, you know, outside of my jewelry business or anything else for that matter. Um, it was a lot of fun. I got to see even more friends, um, including some of the ones that I got to spend time with um, at Cryptid Bash and at Braxy Bazaar, um, and got to spend 
you know, the whole weekend staying with some of my absolute favorite people on the planet um, in an Airbnb that we called the Cryptid Hype House. Um, it was just, it was so much fun. And like this year, this past year has been filled with um, so many good opportunities to see some of these people that I've made really nice connections with over the years and um, just, you know, kind of dive headfirst into uh, the cryptid world a little bit more. Um, oh, and also I forgot, I don't know how I forgot about this, but um, I got the really cool opportunity in 2021 to work at the International Cryptozoology Museum um, under Lauren Coleman which was really, really cool. I spent, uh, I think, probably four or five months working at the museum. Um, it was really neat to get to work alongside Lauren, um, but then also Jean and Nate as well, because they are two of the smartest and most talented people I have met in the field. Um, and I really enjoyed working with them. Um, and it was just neat to get to, you know, talk to Lauren about cryptids. Just like a really interesting um time, I guess. Um, and I also just really enjoy that museum. I, I enjoyed being there a couple days a week. So yeah, that's my brief recap of 2021. Um, some of the cool things I got to do. I know there's definitely more things um, that I didn't include, but you know, um, that's okay. If you follow me on Instagram, I'm sure you saw some of the cool things I got to do anyway. Um, so yeah, so now, you know, 2022, definitely got some really, really, really cool events that I'm very much looking forward to, um, that if you follow along on my personal Instagram, um, at Cryptid Baddie, uh, you'll definitely see a lot of that, um, as well as, you know, some of the stuff that I'll be posting on Crypto Chats as well, um, so yeah, keep an eye out for some of these events. There's going to be a lot of really cool ones, and I'm very excited. Um, so yeah, uh, 2022, I feel, is, is going to be a good year for, for cryptozoology and, and some of the, the stuff that we're all working on. Um, so without further ado, let's get into the episode. So this week, we're going to be talking about the crazy critter of Bald Mountain. Um, definitely a weird one. Um, so pretty interesting, though. Um, okay, so let's get into it. On November 14th, 1974, an object crashed in the woods surrounding Bald Mountain, Washington. The object was described as fast and fiery, perplexing the people who witnessed its initial descent to the earth. At the time, it was near impossible for the residents of the area to definitively say where the object crashed, and it was ultimately written off as some kind of meteor until the following week when reports of the object's inhabitants started to swirl among neighbors. By November 17th, two separate parties had encountered a strange being that was the size of a horse, had one single antenna, and long flowing tentacles. The creature also admitted a green glow from its body, described as the glow from a neon sign through the fog. The initial event that was the crashing of what was now being called a UFO gained almost no publicity until the first of the two parties that had witnessed the event spoke up. Ernest Smith, a grocer from the local area, was the first to speak on this crazy encounter. Smith reported to a local newspaper that he had been out deer hunting near Bald Mountain when he stumbled across this bizarre creature that, in his words, had to be from out of this world because there was no way something that unique and strange was natural. His sighting of the creature influenced the description of it for years to come, and his description would later be cited by Jim Brandon for his 1978 book on high strangeness in the U.S. called Weird America. Smith's description is as follows. It was horse-sized, covered in scales, and standing on four rubbery legs with suckers like octopus tentacles. Its head was football-shaped with an antenna sticking up. 
the thing gave off this green iridescent light. Uh, pretty weird. Shortly after Smith's report, a second eyewitness came out with a tale of his own encounter with this weird creature. Roger Ramsbaugh and his wife of Tacoma, Washington, had spotted the creature while driving through the Bald Mountain region just past dusk a couple days following Smith's encounter. The couple had spotted a dull glow near the side of the road and slowed down to get a closer look, only to see the same creature that Smith had described previously. The Ramsbaugh's described it as a neon sign in the fog. After seeing the creature, they sped off and eventually reported their sighting to local, local newspapers as well. Shortly after the story hit the press, a regional newspaper took hold of it and named the beast the Crazy Creature of Bald Mountain. Locals of the area began to publicly speculate about what the Ramsbuzz and Mr. Smith already took as fact, that the object that crashed from the sky just a week before was directly responsible for the sudden emergence of this creature. A Mr. William Weister, sheriff of Lewis County, a county just 30 miles south of Bald Mountain, took it upon himself to start researching the incident until he was stopped on two separate occasions by men claiming to be from NASA and the U.S. Air Force demanding that he stop searching. Weister alleged that the men were heavily armed in military garb that had no special insignias, unit badges, or anything of the like, though he assumed they probably came from the nearby McCord Air Force Base. Once the military men became involved and took over the research of the crazy critter, sightings and encounters came to a sudden halt. And then in parentheses, I wrote, no one is surprised. <laughs> the crazy critter of Bald Mountain was not seen again, but there has been no shortage of UFO sightings in the Bald Mountain area since 1974. In fact, the two roads that border the mountain, US 12 and Washington 410 East, and Bald Mountain's next-door neighbor, Mount Rainier, are home to some of the most UFO sightings in all of the Pacific Northwest. So this this story is really interesting to me because um, a creature that, you know, glows green and has a bunch of tentacles and is the size of a horse seems like something that if it was roaming free, it would, it would definitely be seen a little more often than just by the two, but with the, you know... Um, the sudden appearance of what some I think would consider the men in black. I don't know um, how I really feel about, you know, their origins or, you know, whatever. Um, it, it makes sense that it suddenly wouldn't be seen anymore. But I just think it's the whole thing is like very fishy and kind of, but kind of interesting um, just because, you know, you've got these two people or two separate, you know, encounters from people of very different walks of life that are, you know, considered credible witnesses, um, that see this, you know, crazy, bizarre creature. Now it's just, it's just nowhere. Um, <clears throat> I also think it's interesting that the actual site of the crash was never, um, of this object, you know, that, that was seen falling to earth, uh, was never officially like found, you know, they never like officially figured out where, this UFO, um, or UAP as the kids call it now, uh, crashed. They just kind of said, okay, well, it was somewhere in this area and they found this weird thing that was near enough to, you know, where this object had been seen falling to the earth, um, but never really, or maybe they did find it and they just didn't, you know, publicize it because that's what the government seems to do usually in these in these cases so I don't know there's a lot to think about in this um, 
in this particular story. I personally think it's probably real. <laughs> I, but you guys know me. I, I tend to think most things are real. <laughs> That's just kind of how, um, how my brain works. But I don't know. I, I would love to hear everyone else's opinion. Shoot me a message. Let me know what you think um, about the crazy critter of Bald Mountain um, and its weird horse body and, and glowiness. Um, yeah, that's what I have for you guys for this week. Kind of a short episode, but that's all right. Um, we'll get into a little bit more next time. Um, but yeah, I will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.